0: Hi, welcome to Soften the Podcast, where Black women can let their guards down. I'm your host, Amy Kay. Hey, I'm Latanya. Hi, I'm Kamisha. And this is Jada. Listening to Season 1, Episode 3. On this episode, we will be softening sexuality. For black women specifically, sex and sexuality can be particularly vulnerable topics to get into. This can be from a variety of different things from the ways that we are talked to about sex growing up to the ways that we perceive our bodies. We invite you all to join this conversation with us on Soften the Podcast. To get the conversation started, I want to ask you all to sort of reflect back on what are some of your early experiences or memories with talking about sex and also your sexuality?
1: When I think about these early experiences regarding sexuality, uh, I think about school and then I also think about um, church as as both of those. So in eighth grade, and it was kind of standard in Maryland public schools, you, you would have sex education and not sex education in the way of like teaching you like safe sex and birth control, but just like, this is how the body works. This is what happens when a baby has, you know, <laughs> this is what happens when, um, you know, when people have intercourse, but it wasn't like, this is birth control. This is like, you know, a condom or how to use it and different things like that. So I just remember, like, I can remember like yesterday being in the eighth grade in the sexual education class and the boys were just <laughs> so like cracking jokes and you know, being, being like immature or whatever, but who, I mean, you are immature in eighth grade. But then I also remember like church as well and like, sexuality particularly with women was you know looked at as not good unless it's within the confines of marriage or maybe even if not that like in the confines of like a long-term relationship so i'll never forget um i think i might have been in like ninth grade or something like that and they had this little conference in the youth ministry and it was called true love weights so they took like all the pretty much teenagers to like this conference. And during the conference, it was like they like scared the crap out of you about having sex before you were married. Like it was like they show videos of like abortion and STDs. It was very traumatizing. Like I was like, what in the world? And then they made you sign this little card that said that you would wait to have sex until you were married. Um, and so very early on, like sexuality was looked at as like, no, you better wait for this. And if you don't wait, then that means like, you're not, um, you're like not following God's word or whatever. Like, so having that experience very early on, definitely shaped in some ways, like how I view, um, sexuality, but I think it's, uh, something common that a lot of women, particularly if you grow up in like a church or something like that, you kind of have like that guilt or shame
2: or conflict regarding sex. Yeah. Or the fifth grade, maybe, yeah, maybe fifth. And we brought home sheets for the (laughs) reproductive systems and I brought home and I was like, mama, look, but I just want to help. Like I didn't (laughs) and she was like, is that a a pic? Because they just they had a full picture Uh of a man Um. And so I don't even remember, like, even from that, I can remember, like, having, like, showing anxiety, but I don't even remember really having a conversation about it. But it was always these little things that just happened. There wasn't no real legit conversation at all.
1: So when you say you guys didn't really have conversations about it, I'm curious, like, did... um. You feel uncomfortable like when sex scenes were on TV around your mom or in movies.
2: Well, we had to close our eyes. She like she told <laughs> close you, <your> <laughs> "Wayne to exhale was Wayne to exhale." We had to go in another room. Like we couldn't. We had to close our eyes, or leave the room, and or leave the room what when is, a sex scene.
1: What about as adults? Do you when you watch movies with your mom? Do you do that at all?
2: Mm-mm. No, like I can't. Like, it was, you know, like, all, like, anything about sex or just, like, Mm -hmm. just being a woman and getting, like, your checkups and all of that Mm -hmm. came from my older sister. Mm -hmm. So, I like, she was my go-to.
1: But I'm curious, like, what about when you watch movies now and your mom's not around? Like, is that awkward? Like, Mm -hmm. are you, like, internally, like, wondering, like? because
2: no, I think I think what I ha well I can't say for all kids, but with me when you tell me not to do something I'm like, well, I'm gonna see what it is. Really. Right. Like, what well, we had it, what are we doing? So now I watch like with X and I was like, Girl, like <laughs> this wasn't like I read books worse than this when I was like and you ain't know about it. Yeah. Man, <laughs> on the book, bu- <laughs> deep. <laughs> um, but no, like it's fine that I think what what it did was not like give me that opportunity to explore my body and understand like what certain things was so I'll hear other women say like oh this is that I'm like I don't know what that's at, um, like, I'm just at somebody it was like oh well, go get a mirror just look at yourself yeah. and I was like okay that sounds awkward um <laughs> I haven't done that um but I think I think now I'm more open to like reading about orgasms or like mm-hmm. how like a woman should get like whatever she needs to get out of sex and so like more open to that and learn about my body now at like from 28 to, <laughs> to now because at first it was i wasn't shy or scared of it i just wasn't interested in it
1: i'll never forget uh, one of my professors at spellman and she was definitely like a feminist and she was, like, and she was the first woman who actually said to me, like, sex is supposed to be something that women enjoy. Like, it should be something that is pleasurable. It shouldn't be something that you're just taking, you know, mm-hmm. or just getting whatever the person gives to you. And I thought that that was, like, really empowering. as you know, when you're, like, in college or as a young adult, you're trying to figure stuff out. Like, you're trying to be, like, okay. Am I supposed to do this? Is this Mm -hmm. supposed to be how it feels? Am I supposed to do it in a particular structure? Like, you know, and so having like a woman in her like mid fifties to be like, look, girl, like, (laughs) this is, it's supposed to be something that like is enjoyable and pleasurable. And I do appreciate at least now more black women in the mainstream are just really owning that, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes it's like, oh, well, it's raunchy and da-da-da, but it's like, you know, how long have have men been, like, talking about sex in a very, like, explicit, provocative way? Mm -hmm. And Now that women are doing it, it's kind of flipping the social gender norms on its head. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm curious to know for me, too, like, because you mentioned the spirituality piece and how That kind of is like a whole different way of looking at sex and like almost suppression of it or like just that you need to wait till you're with this person. So I'm curious, like, how does how do you like fit sex into spirituality? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. So what I do appreciate about spirituality um particularly Christian. Yeah, I can't speak for any other spiritual practice because I'm not knowledgeable about it. But it helps with the self-control piece. And I think that, like, there's benefits to that as well. Like, you can, you know, be, like, your full sexual self, but you can do so in a way where it doesn't run your life or it's out of control. You know, um, and um what out of control looks like is different for different people but at least one of the things that I think about as far as like my sexuality is like being my full self but also being controlled mm-hmm. uh, like and not in a bad way but like having self control yeah and that is kind of like how I look at it um and so I think that's what that's one of the benef- benefits aside you know from like the early trauma of like don't have sex and showing you like Really bad, you know, um, pictures or examples and different things like that. But being able to like have like self control and self control in a way where you're like owning and controlling like yeah. your sexuality and not letting it control you. Because on the flip side with sex, it can end up kind of clouding some things. It mm-hmm. can end up, you know, there are people who have like sex addiction, uh, addictions and all these other different things that like, it can go the other way too. Like, it's not all, you know, uh, what's the word? It's not all like rainbows and sunshine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's also another side of it too. So that's how, that's what I do appreciate about spirituality. I think I'm still navigating my sexuality. Um, and, um, I'm, I'm just gaining more knowledge of why why i like women or why i like men um it's very like i don't even because i'm still trying to figure it out um and i think is i think it's cool that i'm trying to figure it out because I, i'm like latian sex was never talked about or um i don't have an example of like a relationship that's not heterosexual, mm-hmm. um, and so just being around the, in those type of spaces, I don't. I just never really thought too much about it until I started like going out into the world and like, oh my god, like when gay marriage. I'm like, gay people can't get married. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm like? Why? Why? Um. So, but yeah, I'm still learning at 22.
3: Hey loves, this is Kamisha, and I'm here to share this week's Community Spotlight where we feature a business or organization that is making a positive impact in the lives of people in our community here in Chicago. Are you ready to get your mind right? Healthy Hood Chicago provides free mental wellness services through their Get Your Mind Right initiative. Get Your Mind Right offers mental wellness counseling, mental wellness workshops, and Reiki at no cost to you. Sign up for Get Your Mind Right services at www.healthyhoodshy.com and follow them on Instagram at Get Your Mind Right underscore shy.
1: Um, I wanted to read something to you guys um, and get your thoughts.
3: This post was
1: posted on. The Instagram of The Unplugged Collective. And so I'm going to just read it. It's like a little excerpt from a blog post that they posted. But the post is called, I Love Being a Ho. And in the post, she says, This is the way I took control over my body and who I am. I do what makes me happy, and I simply love being a ho. This was the way I liberated myself. I give affection profusely and bountifully. I am the controller of affection. I receive the affection I give, yet I do not belong to anyone. Nobody belongs to me. I am free until someone can be more for me. So I became a hoe. I gave up on being loved. I started to fill myself up with so many affirmations of myself. I am dark. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am deserving. I am all I need to be right now. That I did not need their admiration. I would look in the mirror and see so much beauty. My dark mother, grandmother, and sister were so beautiful to me, I could not understand why no one else could see it. So if they were gonna use me, I was going to use them too. What do y'all think? I love how she um redefined the word ho. That was I like when women do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take something that was uh spoke Like people speak to harm us by calling us hoes, and she was like, "Nah, all right, I'm a hoe. All right, I'm loving myself, and I'm gonna do the same thing that you did me. Mm -hmm. So I respect that." I've always, in some ways, like I don't know if the word is like admired, but like women who were just like so, like almost like Meg, like I'm hot. I look good. You should want me and I'm going to use you for like what I want and I, and I deserve it. And I think like that in, in itself can, can be, you know, powerful, but being able to say like, Hey, if I don't want to be with one person ex- exclusively and have different, you know, experiences sexually, then that's not necessarily the a bad thing because it's what I need. And I think everybody, when it comes to, you know, our sexual experiences, we all have different things that we need. And it's not all, it's not all like, this is the one way that it mm-hmm. has to be. And I think sometimes like growing up and even in adulthood, people look at it as like, it has to be one way, but there's no way that that can really happen. Cause we're all, we're all different. Yeah. I definitely think that's true. And I agree with you. Like, in some way, I think that that's so cool to me. Like, I feel like girls, like, like you mentioned, like, May, she's so powerful because of she's owning everything that people try to, like, use to degrade her or to talk about her. She says, like, yeah, I'm a hot girl. and like. Yeah, I think it takes away the shame that people put on it. Like, why be shameful of sexuality or having sex or wanting to have sex? Like, why does it need to be shameful? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely something people refuse to talk about, even though we all, for the most part, are involved in it in some capacity. Like when women be like, I masturbate or
2: I bought a toy and other women like, you did what now? I think it's more interesting when I or running into people like that or hearing that people are like that rather than like being involved in it. I think it's rare
1: that, well, I don't know if it's rare that people are, like, sexually active, whether it's, like, with themselves or with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, But for me, I think that, like, we kind of only think about sex as one way in a society, is, like, this thing that you have to want it, want it, want it all the time. And I think for so many people, like, that's not their experience. And then I think, like, also on a, a flip side, that there's, like, so many people who are, like, nervous about sex or feel like a lot of fear when it comes to sex or a lot of anxiety and like aren't having sex, aren't touching their bodies, like aren't getting in the mirror and looking at themselves There's just like so much tension and fear around having sex. And when we don't ever want to have a conversation about it, then I feel like those people are just more and more under the surface or Mm -hmm. afraid to talk about it. I also think with that, there's trauma that comes with sex. And, you know, unfortunately, I think they said like one in four women have experienced some type of sexual assault, trauma, and all those things. And I feel like those things shape your sexuality as well. Oh, definitely. Like, you know, if you were harmed in some way growing up, it would make kind of like what you're saying, like people not even feeling comfortable or fearful or like, all of those things, um, and I do appreciate, like, um, a body, a home for love for, like, helping people to, like, reclaim mm-hmm. their sexuality after being harmed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, actually really, really, um, it's really, really powerful and it's so necessary because there's so many women who've been harmed, um, sexually and it it's changed that whole experience in their lives. Mm-hmm. Issue.
2: i think about black women bodies what like black young girls and how their bodies are looked at and i can use my own experience like oh you look older than what you are like we you develop faster you x y and z older men talking to you or trying to holler at you and like Again, like that shame it brings to your body. Like maybe not to everybody. I can just say for me, it's like, oh, like I'm not, like oh, my breast is this way. I shouldn't show this. Um, and so again, like bringing shame and then make and it for the lack of better words, like making sex not joyful. Like not looking in the mirror at your body or not thinking you're beautiful. Like all of that plays into it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something I used to tell myself is like, well, I'm glad I ain't got none for real, because they gotta like me for me. You know what I'm saying? Going, I always used to tell myself that.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to think about. It.
2: I think what I try to think about is <laughs> it's always changing. Like if you if you base the way you feel about your body on society you're just gonna like it's never gonna be settled because a point in time the way my body is shaped was not okay and now it's everywhere so it's like oh so i am good then (laughs) oh but a couple years ago when i was younger like that wasn't okay i need to be skinny with long straight hair and light skin but now dark skin 4c hair big booties that's in like, I can't. Like, I, like, come, um, and what I try to tell, like, the girls that I work with is just, like, it's always going to change. So if you want something a little bit more consistent, come up with how you feel about your body your own way, because society is not consistent.
1: And I really like, um I don't know if you all read the book, My Body is Not an Apology, mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really, really good book. Um, I cannot remember the author's name. I want to say it's, like, Sandra or something like that, but she talks about like our bodies being different and that's not a bad thing, but our society in, in some ways, like uh, the model for the body has been like what a, a white woman's body looks mm-hmm. like. So anything that deviates from that um, is really uh, a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, the author is Sonya Renee Taylor. Um, and so about, I really recommend reading that book because I feel like it brings like a political lens to sexuality and our bodies and like, not just like loving yourself, but literally like your body's not an apology. Like your body was created, um, in a very specific way and it's not something that you should be ashamed of regardless of like what shape you mm-hmm. have. I read this quote that it, and it said, if you allow people to fall in love with your flowers instead of your roots, then you'll be out of luck every time winter and fall rolls around. Oh, wow. And I think, like, that is so true. If, if we don't fall in love with our roots and make that the standard for everyone else, we will so often, like, when it changes and when it fluctuates, just be
3: stuck. Do you want to be bad and bougie in business? Bougie Bees Boutique specializes in making female-identifying individuals feel beautiful, adding a boost of confidence to what's already present, and encouraging young entrepreneurs to follow their dreams of being a small business owner. Bougie Bees Boutique offers a wholesale lip gloss program. Through this program, individuals can start their own lip gloss businesses for as low as $20. They also provide skincare essentials that are great for self-care and self-love. To get started, use the code SOFTEN on their website to receive 15% off your first purchase. Visit www.BougieBeesBoutique.com to get started and follow them on Instagram at Bougie Bees Boutique.
0: Thank you so much for listening along with Soften the Podcast as we began to soften sexuality. We hope you'll continue this conversation with your friends and also with yourself, thinking about past experiences that have helped define what it means to you to be sexy or to define your sexuality. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Sista Afia or visit our website at www.sistaafia.com